This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Blaine Fowler. What's up, BYU Sports Nation? We are live, and we're your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Tuesday. December 8th. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who's getting ready for the 2024 Olympic Games featuring breakdancing. Why? I don't know. He is Blaine Fowler. Okay, first off, I can't believe that they're adding breakdancing as an Olympics. Why? Why are we doing this? What in the world? Breakdancing? Come on. So, and, and while I probably could compete in 2024, because I, I in my you day. You could have competed in 1984. Well, back in the 80s, I was an excellent break dancer, but I've moved on to more current dances. Like, I'm really good at the Dougie, and then. Oh, boy. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm not bad at the Bernie. You know the Bernie where you just act like you're dead? I'm, I'm, you know, because it's, it's a weekend at Bernie's. Sure, yes, yeah, yes, so I know. I'm yes. good at the Dougie, I'm good at the Bernie. And, you know, I used to do the Walking Man and break dancing. The Cabbage Patch? I feel like, I feel like this is. Four decades or five decades but, but too late. What are we? What are we doing with the Olympics? What, why Come are on. we? Why are we adding stuff like this? Come on! Like I don't. I don't think that the ancient Greeks, when they decided to come up with the idea of the Olympics, that the idea was to drop down some cardboard and pop and lock. Nope. I'm not sure nope. that that's what they had in nope. mind. I have never either popped and or locked. I have attempted the worm once, oh but probably more than once. I don't think oh I would do it now. It would kill my back. Okay. <laughs> but you, I think your question is the perfect question. <laughs> All capital letters with six um, question marks. Why? Why? Seriously, why? So, and yeah. I, I will not be competing. But no, that's, that's really happening. This competing. is not, we're not making this up. They're 2024, uh, the Paris Olympics, breakdancing is being added as an Olympic event. So I guess... Get ready for that. Not me. Not watching it. Not participating. I'll tell you what I would watch regarding breakdancing. Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. I love that movie. I would so, and I'm not even kidding. Wait, was, was Twitch in that movie? I don't know. I know Turbo was. Oh, Turbo was in it. Okay. I know Turbo yeah. was. Anything Twitch is in, I'm up for that. All right. You know what's so funny yesterday? This time yesterday, uh, you and I were at the gym having a conversation. I don't know if you remember this conversation. You asked me, like, hey, you doing Sports Nation today? I said, no, nah, I'm doing it Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'm like, so... Are you doing Sports Nation this week? Are you going to be on? You're like, no, I, th- I was on last week, and I'm usually on every other week. Little did we know, 24 hours later, we'd actually be doing this show together. The little, I am kind of like BYU when they say, do you want to play tomorrow? Yes. I just say yes. So this show, are you saying, is Coastal Carolina? This is, this is are... my Coastal Carolina, but let me tell you something. I will win. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the show lineup. Speaking of the game against Coastal Carolina, under the same circumstances, would you play the Chanticleers again? We're going to discuss that coming up in trending. Spencer Linton talks with Cougar receiver Dax Milne. He's having a fantastic season, is now a semifinalist for a very prestigious award. And why you should still care where BYU lands in the college football playoff rankings, which, yes, I know the the weight, uh, the anticipation is probably not like it was the last two weeks. But they come out tonight, and there's still a reason to see where BYU lands. So we'll talk about that coming up. But first, let's bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU head coach Kalani Satake and players spoke to the media yesterday following the loss to Coastal Carolina. And one message was clear, Shep. They are looking forward to moving on to San Diego State. It's a really good opportunity, you know, to bounce back from the loss we took. Um, I don't think we played our best game last week. 
And um, I think the best thing we can do is just come out and show out what team we really are, what team we've shown we are this whole season. BYU plays San Diego State at home Saturday on senior night. Uh, kickoff set for 10 Eastern on ESPN. <laughs> That's going to be a cold night for us, Jeff. Yes, yes, it will. The Cougars still have an open date on the 19th, and the players and coaches, they've expressed interest in playing as many games as possible for the bowl game. So they got to figure out where that bowl game is, but if they could schedule on the game in the 19th, uh, we'll talk about that. Absolutely. Several Cougars have been named semifinalists for major college football awards. Zach Wilson is a semifinalist for the Davey O'Brien Award and the Maxwell Award. Dax Milne, who we mentioned just a second ago, is one of 11 semifinalists for the Belitnikoff Award. And Jake Oldroyd was named a semifinalist for the Lou Groza National Place Kicker Award. And KSL reports that BYU offense coordinator Jeff Grimes is interviewed for the open head coaching position at Utah State. Remember, Gary Anderson was let go on November 7th after the Aggies started 0-3. Grimes is reportedly among five candidates who have interviewed for that job. And women's basketball picked up a very nice win last night in Logan, defeating Utah State 87-66. Shaley Gonzalez led the Cougars with 27 points. But how about Lauren Gustin? Lauren had a career night with 21 points and 17 rebounds. Up next, Cougars host Montana State on Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV in the home opener. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, hindsight is a great thing, Blaine. Sometimes it can be good, but let's be honest, most times we talk about hindsight, it's brought up because something went wrong. Something didn't work out, and you're like, well, in hindsight, maybe. Look, with that in mind, Blaine, would you take the Coastal Carolina game again under the same circumstances? So the same circumstances playing into this, are you taking that game again? I would take it again. Um, And and here's why. I I believe that game was the right thing to do at the time. I still believe it would be the right thing to do. And having watched the film twice now, I've watched that film. In my mind, with nothing else different, if BYU and Coastal Carolina played 10 times, BYU would win more times than not. Remember, this came down to they lost by a yard on the last play of the game. And, you know, several guys didn't play their best, and it just seemed like everything kind of didn't go perfectly for BYU. Um, but, but I would do it again because I think BYU would have a chance to win. But more importantly, I think the college football committee was determined to keep BYU out of the, the New Year's Six scene anyhow. So I feel like if they don't take the game, they're – they don't have a chance to get it anyhow. That's just my feeling. I don't feel. I feel like there was a an effort being made to kind of keep them just out of the reach of that college football playoff committee ranking, getting keeping them away from that ten or eleven mark, so that it wasn't obvious that they had to be in a New Year's Six. So I felt like you had to play the game, you had to take it, you had to roll the dice. And if you lose like they did, are you really any worse off? Because if you're not in a New Year's Six, you're relegated to a bowl that ESPN is going to assign you to anyhow. BYU knew before they went that. ESPN was guaranteeing them a bowl of some of some sort. Well, and as long as you play a game this year, you're yeah. bowl eligible. I, I don't know that they really had a choice. It was roll the dice. If you win, you put so much pressure on that uh, pressure on that college football committee that I think they they probably have to cave at that point, and they have to rank you probably ten. Well, head coach Kalani Satake was asked this several different ways yesterday via Zoom uh, during the weekly press conference. Here's what Kalani said on whether or not he'd play again. Yes, 
if there's a chance we could play a doubleheader and play back-to-back games, we would take that. I mean, I love coaching these guys because they love playing football. I have a bunch of football junkies that love the game, and when we're not playing football, these guys are watching it. Look, and I want to make something very clear about this question. This question is not you get a mulligan and that game didn't happen. That's, that's not what this is. We know that BYU lost that game. That, that loss is still there. What we're asking you is if this game, under the exact same circumstances, so you're going to have to travel, you're going to have to do it on short preparation, would you do it again? And I think knowing that it's, it is after that loss, I absolutely would take it. I would take it now for the same reasons I took the original one, because it would help you. Now, it's not, probably not going to help you enough that you're going to get into New Year's Six, but for the exact same reasons that you took the first game, and without knowing that BYU was going to lose, that absolutely was the right choice. Now, obviously, again, with hindsight, if you knew BYU was going to lose, you wouldn't have taken the game. I mean, that's, that's, that's obvious. But with the exact same circumstances, I'm with you. I think BYU, look, BYU played its worst game of the year and lost by one yard. One yard, and they played their worst game. I don't expect that to happen again. I will probably take heat for this. I still believe BYU was the better team. They were not the better team on Saturday. There's no question that Coastal Carolina played better and was the better team that day. But I think overall, BYU is the better team, and if given another opportunity to play that game, I think we are looking at a very different result. I think we're looking at the result we all anticipated we would see in the first game. So that, that's why, yeah, I think you play it again under the same circumstances because I think everybody expects the outcome to be different. No, I, we're, I think we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page. And I, and I think when we go back and look and ask the question, was it the right thing to do, we both agree it was the right it thing to do. It absolutely was. Right. It was the right thing to do because we expected BYU to roll. Right. And we thought they were going to get a major bump in the college football playoff rank. And do we both agree that – the college football playoff committee probably was going to try to figure out a way to not get them in there yes. if they sit idle. Uh, not if they won. If they won, I, I, the pressure would no, I think, I thought that be was too the thing. Much. If they won. If they so. won. The if they sat idle, I think they would have found a way to keep them. Probably. In. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to the next uh, the question I have. Kalani just said that these guys are football junkies, right? Says we love coaching them. These kids just love to play. We love to be around each other. So with the ability to get into New Year's Six game pretty much gone, unless some miracle happens, What's to be gained uh, for BYU in looking to schedule another game for December 19th? Okay, so when, when BYU lost that game to Coastal Carolina, immediately I thought, well, there's no chance now BYU's playing the 19th. And quite frankly, there's no reason to. What, what's, what's the point? You're going to go to the exact same bowl game, whether you play a game on the 19th, win or lose, that you're going to go to now. That it's all now going to be the same. So really, what's the point? That was my initial reaction to when BYU lost to that question. That has changed, however, and a lot of it comes to what you were referencing. You heard from Kalani. Uh, There were several players yesterday. We ended up talking with Brady Christensen and Zane Anderson and, and now I'm, I'm forgetting who the third player was yesterday. But all, all players said emphatically, we want to play again. And what's to be gained by playing again? It gives these players another opportunity to play. It, it's not going to change the bowl game that BYU is going to go to. But if these players want to play another game, and for some of them, 
whether it's because you're graduating and you can move on in life, whether it's because you are graduating going to the NFL, maybe you're leaving early to go to the NFL, this could be one of their last games. And you want to play as many games as possible. So my attitude about this has changed after hearing how important it is to the players. In terms of gaining anything, the only thing you gain is for these players to get another opportunity to be on the field together. But right now, According to them, that's all they want. So for that reason alone, I think that is, that's a reason to schedule on the 19th, and that's what you gain. Another opportunity to see these players and another opportunity for these players to be together. And if that's not reason enough to just get the guys back together, um, there's, a, there's a bigger reason than that, I think. I think there is something to be gained, but it's historical in nature. So I'm going to give you four years that I'm going to mention. 2001, 1996, 1984, and 1980. Those are the only teams in BYU history to win 12 games or more. So this, to me, if you can find a decent opponent to play, um, it's worth it to try to get to 12-1. and one. So you, you beat San Diego State, you win that game, you go and you win a bowl game. Now you're in rarefied air in terms of the number of wins that this very historic program has had all time, right? So that, that 2001 team was 12-2, and two, so they won 12 games. 96 won 14 games. That was a fin- and finished fifth in the country, 14-1. and one. The national championship team in 1984 was 13-0, and 0, and the 1980 was 12-1. So re- only two teams have had more than 12, two teams with 12. I think that this team then becomes talked about forever. 20 years from now, they say, yeah, I was on that 12-win team that actually scratched out 12 wins during the great pandemic of 2020, when teams across the country weren't even playing football, we got to 12 wins. So to me, get the guys out there. They love being together. This coaching staff says they love to coach them. That's reason enough. But I think there's some historic you know, reasons to go out there and try to get to 12 wins, to do something that very few teams in BYU history have ever done. Well, look, even if you're not going to be able to schedule an opponent, even if you were to win, that would vault you into the New Year's Six conversation again, at the end of the day, you still want to end the season ranked as high as you possibly can. That's still something. You still want to be ranked in the top 25 at the end of the year. That is a goal for all of these programs. So now, now it's not going to be as high as maybe we all originally thought it was going to be, but the goal is still to end the season ranked as high as you possibly can. So if there's an opportunity that maybe even, even though you're going to go to the same bowl game, maybe you play somebody and you win and it, and it bumps you a spot or two up. Now, it's not going to be close enough to get you in the New Year's Six, but it's still two spots higher than what you were. That's still an accomplishment to be ranked wherever they end up being ranked. And at the end of the day, you want, you want to be ranked as high as you can. So th- there are reasons to play another game. The question is whether or not it's going to be possible with conference championships and how close to bowl games, yeah, that kind of stuff. If they have a bowl the week, of, like yes. say that the Frisco Bowl is the 19th, but say that even that week, that, then that makes it. But yes. if it's possible and a bowl game is later, I'd like to see them try to get one. And I think they will, if it's possible, for the players. players All right, brings us to our question of the day. Under the same circumstances for BYU, and by the way, that means not knowing the outcome, would you take the Coastal Carolina game and why? Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response coming on Twitter, Calvin Wells says, it was worth the risk because I don't think we grab a New Year's Six game without that game. Amen, Calvin. Having lost, 
we're in essentially the same boat as if we didn't take the game at all. I, I agree with that. The ranking's not as high, but does that really matter? Does the ranking really matter if you're not in New Year's Six? I agree with Calvin. I, I, right on, I, Calvin. I, I actually disagree a little bit. I, I actually think had BYU not played, I think that they maybe would have been able to move up as high as 12 with other teams losing ahead of them. But, but again, we're not arguing should BYU have taken the game. We all agree BYU should have taken the game. Again, we, we're didn't know they were going to lose. We all say they were, should take it because we all expected them to win. Again, hindsight. But I, I, I don't know if they're in the same boat after losing that they would have been with not playing. I actually think BYU still had an opportunity to move up a spot, maybe more depending on who lost ahead of them. My worry for them was that the college football playoff committee would figure out a way, oh, Iowa State lost? Mm, yeah, we're going to move them behind. But let's move Yeah, but let's, whoever. let's whoever jump let's mo- BYU. move them in front of them because they just got a big win. That was my worry. That's why I felt like they had to take it. And I felt like they they weren't going to be worse off if they lost. Chime in I, on the, they got uh, a the, lot of credit for taking that game, too. Yeah, absolutely. They, they have. And that's something we'll talk about later in the show. Make sure you chime in on our uh, Voice of the Nation. Uh, BYUSN. Use the hashtag on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up, are we about to witness the good old days of BYU putting multiple players in the National Football League each year? And Dax Milne on the emotions of coming up just short on the last play. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And join us tonight for a special combined Satake and Pope Coaches Show, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV app, as we have both coaches on to recap and preview seven different games in one hour. It's a packed show. It'll be fun to have those two together. Yeah, it'll be fun to have both on the uh, the same show and have a little bit of a crossover there. We are live in Studio B. That'll be in Studio C tonight, by the way. But we are live in Studio B. We are your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. My name is Jason Shepard alongside Blaine Fowler. Dax Milne has had a phenomenal season for the BYU offense. He leads the team in receiving yards with over 1,000. He's averaging 18 yards per reception, and he's second on the team in receiving touchdowns with seven, just one behind Isaac Rex, who leads the team with receiving touchdowns of eight. As a former walk-on, he's one of the great stories about this season. Yesterday, Spencer Linton talked with Dax in an all-access interview via Zoom on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Dax, I know there are bigger storylines at play today for BYU football as a whole, but you were just named as one of 11 semifinalists for the Bolitnikoff Award given to the nation's top receiver. What was your reaction to hearing that news? Yeah, I didn't find out too long ago. It was literally just like 30 minutes ago, and um, it's it's very cool to be a part of, of that and all the other names that are great players. And I just I honestly wouldn't be here without, you know, Zach and, and – and uh, the old line blocking and just everyone doing their job. So it's, it's, uh, it's an honor. Congratulations on that and for crossing the 1,000-yard receiving uh, mark at Coastal Carolina. Clearly, uh, as has been stated by you and several of your other teammates, you wanted the win more than any of the other individual award. Uh, what are your emotions like now a few days after the fact that you've uh, been able to settle in on that five-point loss? Uh, yeah. Had a couple of days to um, think things over in my head. Um, still hurts. Um, it's not as bad uh, now. It's just kind of more of a mood of 
what can we do to get better? What can we fix? Um, and just kind of, kind of move on from it. It's interesting because you as a player and BYU as a team haven't had to process a loss in almost a full year. So what's the most effective way to overcome the natural disappointment that follows after a loss? Um, yeah, it has been a while. Uh, just from my experience, I think it's, it's good to let it, let it sting for a sec. Um, kind of, kind of can be an, a motivating factor for, for guys, especially me. I just, I like to let it sit and, and bother me and, um, think about what, what I can do better. Like I said, and, and, um, and then now come back the next week is just kind of when you start to let it go and then move on. Let's walk through that final play from your point of view and shades of Kevin Dyson in uh, the Super Bowl in 2000 come back to mind. I'm sure uh, much to the chagrin of, of what you're dealing with mentally, but what was the plan and what was your point of view on that final play? Uh, well, the plan, um, we ran, we had ran the same play, the previous play to get us to where we were. And, and we wanted to run the same play just on the other side of the field. And, um, hindsight, I should have, um, gotten myself, you know, past the end zone line and then cut across the middle. Um, but everything was just kind of rushed because of, you know, the situation, um, there was just guys lined up across the end zone and I also had a man on me. And so I just kind of broke like a yard short and it just uh, ended up happening where I couldn't, I couldn't get in. I thought I was going to be able to catch and, and just knife right in between the safeties and, but they were there and ready for it. And so it, it is what it is. It's easy to point to the final play and say, oh, we should have done this or we could have done this. But the BYU offense scores three points in the second half. And I know that you and Zach and company all feel like you could have done more. But now that you've looked at the film, what what do you feel like you could have done better in the second half to score more than just three points? Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what, what we could have done or what the problem was. Um, I, I just say we couldn't, I mean, it was obvious, but we couldn't find a, our flow that we usually have and, and, and what we've seen in, in previous games that we've played. Um, um, it, it was frustrating as a player to be a part of, um, critical mistakes that were made. Uh, it's just, I think it just as a whole coaches and players could just could have done one more thing better and maybe would have we would have came out with the win. The BYU coaching staff and you and your teammates have made it very clear. No excuses. Coastal Carolina won the game. BYU lost. That said, much has been given to the idea that maybe BYU wasn't where they were supposed to be because of the accelerated timeline. You travel the day before a game. You only know two days. Coastal Carolina runs a, an interesting offense. They threw some weird defensive schemes at you. How much are you buying into BYU lost the game because they didn't have enough time to prepare? Yeah, uh, I'm not one to usually make excuses like that. Um, you know, maybe – 
maybe the the defense needed more time for the to prepare for the the triple option. But honestly, like you said, it's just Coastal Carolina made more plays than us. Um, they were they were more prepared and 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 wanted to win just as much as we did. So it's I don't think we can make excuses. They just they beat us. That's it. Well. Fittingly, uh, the revenge tour against San Diego State returns after a tough loss in San Diego last year. So not only do you try and bounce back and get the tough taste of a loss out of your mouth, you get to do so with an opportunity against San Diego State. So what type of BYU team do you expect to show up on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I think y'all see uh, a team that's just really got a chip on their shoulder just because of what just barely happened and as well as uh, last year when we played San Diego State, it'll – um, I think everyone will come out a little fired up, um, excited to get back on the field for sure. You know, every game's a blessing. We, um, it's never been like this. We're, we're just so excited just to have a game, period, and especially just with the circumstances that I just said. Um, we'll be ready to go. Dax, if not a New Year's Six Bowl game, what's your next choice in terms of a potential bowl opponent for something that would uh, really get the juices flowing? Um. Yeah, any. Uh, I'd really just want to play a P5 team. There's just a lot of talk out there. Us not playing a Power 5 team. I just, I'd love to play one of them, whoever it is. Hey, well said, my friend. And congratulations again on uh, the individual accomplishments. We're looking forward to watching you play at least a couple of more games this year. And you know, you're my guy, always, win or lose. My man, my man. Yeah, appreciate you, man. <laughs> All right, that was Dax Milne with Spencer Linton yesterday on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom. Appreciate uh, both of those guys uh, getting that interview for us today. Look, what can you say about Dax Milne that hasn't been said? You, you just look at the numbers alone, and it tells you the story. I mean, we mentioned over 1,000 yards. To be exact, 1,012. He's averaging 184 per reception, seven touchdowns receiving, that's second most behind Isaac Rex. He's averaging over 100 yards a game. And, and look, just the number of catches, too, 55. The, the next closest person is, what? let's see, I think 17 less. So there is obviously a connection between he and Zach. They're roommates. We know that. They're really good friends. But that's translated into just big-time production on the field. Well, And I, I think that Zach understands that Dak's – gets separation from defenders. He he really has this great understanding on how to work a defender, how to set him up, how to do – he has all these little tricks. And he's so that, sure-handed. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. People think, oh, when, when somebody says he's a great route runner, it's almost like, yeah, and he has to be because he's not athletic. But that's not true. Dax has great speed. He's very athletic. He's strong. And I, I, he's so much stronger this year than he was last year. Put a lot of work in, in the weight room. And he came back. And, you know, he's not a big guy, but he's certainly physical, right? And so when I watch him, I just it, – it, it's a masterpiece to watch him run routes on how he sets defenders up with their stem and how he stacks on top of them and slows down and goes at different speeds. Like, he's a master at getting separation. Zach knows that. And you want to throw it to the guy that gets separation and isn't going to drop it. The coaching staff's not surprised. The minute he walked on campus within one week, they were going, man, this dude can just flat out play. So it's not a surprise to them. Surprise to all of us because we hear the word walk on, right? 
he's a great he's a great player. Thanks once again to Dax Milne joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up in the next block, what will the college football rankings tell us about the future of BYU? Oh, yeah, that's coming out tonight, right? And which BYU Cougar is most likely to win a national award? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Hey, join us tomorrow night for men's basketball. The Cougars host Boise State in the Marriott Center. Watch Countdown to tip off at 8.30 with Jerem Jordan and Tyler Hawes, all-time leading scorer in BYU history. Hey, and then the game's right afterward. That's me, Dave, and Spencer bringing it to you tomorrow night in the Marriott Center on BYU TV. He is Blaine. My name is Jason, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, shall we whip it? Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. How far will the college football playoff committee drop the Cougars in tonight's ranking? All right, I've thought about this one. My guess is that BYU and Coastal Carolina swap. I, I think BYU drops down to about 18. Hmm. That, that's that's my guess. I think BYU drops five spots from 13 to 18. And I think, honestly, I, I really think that the, the two just switch positions. That's my guess. I say they're somewhere between 16 and 18. I think 18 is the worst, 16 is the best, and I think Coastal Carolina probably finds themselves about 13 or 14. Look, if BYU comes in at 16 and you're four spots away from 12, which is what you want, then maybe you do go out and try and grab somebody that you it, could leap. I'm saying that's the best. Yes, best, best case, case scenario. I'm I, expecting I don't, I don't 18. Think, I don't think they drop them worse than 18. Okay. I agree. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't expect lower than 18. All right, which BYU player is more likely to win an award that they are a semifinalist for? So that's Zach Wilson, the O'Brien and the Maxwell, Dax Milne with the Bolitnikoff, and Jake Oldroyd, the Lou Graza. I, I think Jake Oldroyd. He's perfect. Groza, not Groza. Yeah, Lou Groza. I think Jake Oldroyd for the Lou Groza Award. It's how do you argue with perfection? Like, he's been perfect, and, and not only has he been perfect with his field goal attempts, his kickoffs have been phenomenal. Yes. And so don't don't underestimate that because they'll send that data along and say he's had X number of touchbacks. He's um, on, on kicks that have been returned. BYU's down them inside the 20 this percentage of the time, and he's perfect on his field goals. I, it's a hard time arguing with Jake Oldroyd. Jake Oldroyd is a big-time player, and I think he's gone a little unnoticed, but I don't think he will be when the awards come yeah, out. Yeah, look, I, I would be surprised if any of the three, not that they're not deserving, I just don't know if anyone's going to give – BYU any of these awards um, I, I think it is Jake Oldroyd with the with the Groza award I mean the guy's 11 of 11 and I think especially coming off the way last year ended for him to be able to have this performance makes it even more impressive he has been spot on and with Zach and with Dax the competition yeah is there's top those top four teams all have phenomenal quarterbacks phenomenal all-around players and phenomenal receivers and so that's hard because there's so much in the spotlight but I think I think Jake's got a chance so I'm telling you there's a, There's chance. a chance. Okay. Diane Gonwalok, who worked out for the Patriots. Will he be the next Cougar in the NFL? I certainly hope so. Um, that would be great. And we know that there's at least a history with BYU players in New England with Kyle Van Oy. Uh, and um, and uh, who am I? Harvey Longy was oh, yeah. there as well. 
Harvey Long now is with the Jets and actually playing really well defensively with the Jets. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly hope so. I don't know if he's coming in to be a practice squad player. I don't know if they're bringing him to make him on the active roster. Uh, but I, I, it would certainly be great to see Dian. I, I think he's got NFL talent. So I would certainly hope that he's the next Cougar in the NFL. I, I think he has a great shot, and here's why. That franchise and that head coach value work. And this guy knows how to work like none other. He's a workhorse. And he's a guy that they could use on special teams. He's very unselfish. He'd be willing to run down and cover punts and cover kicks. He's versatile. He's got an NFL body. He's got an NFL mentality. But I think it's his work ethic that they're going to notice. And I think he's got a shot. I really, really do. All right, let's stay with the NFL theme. Kalani Satake yesterday talked about the NFL talent on the BYU roster. We feel like we have a really good team with a lot of talent. And looking forward to having um, a lot of guys represent our team and our fans in the NFL. You know, and, and I think we, if you look at this team and, and look at the youth and the talent that we have, I think there's a long string of, of NFL draft picks on this team and, um, and free agents and guys that will make squads. Are we about to see an influx of Cougars in the NFL over the next couple of years? My answer is an emphatic yes. And here's why. Kalani Satake, they went out and they started to really recruit, especially in the interior on both sides of the ball. And, and, and linebackers and tight ends again, too. But those guys went on missions, and then they came back, and then they redshirted, and they got in shape. Those guys are now juniors and seniors. And that's why BYU is so good this year. But now the pump is primed. They're recruiting guys back in behind. So that whole cycle is now complete, and we will see a steady stream of players, especially offensive linemen, going into the National Football League over the next several years. Look, I'm looking at this year alone. I expect a minimum of four players drafted. I think it's going to be five. And you could have even more than five in terms of making rosters. Look, it, it doesn't mean that to play in the NFL, you have to be drafted. Daniel, look at Daniel Sorensen. Yes, Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. Yes, thank you How very you much. doing? Thank you very much. Hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. <laughs> uh, but look... I expect at least four, most likely five, from this year's team alone to be drafted this year. And so, there's, yeah, there's, there, there's obvious ones. Right? Yes, absolutely. Zach and Brady Christensen and Kyrus. And Impey. And, 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 yeah, they're, they're obvious ones. Um, so, but, yeah, but there's I, even some fully, others that are going to make it. I agree. And, and, this is, and this is what the coaches have talked about. They know what BYU has been able to do in the past. They wanted to get back to that point where year after year, you're putting players in the National Football League. All right. Lauren Gustin. Yes, and this, great game. this BYU women's basketball team. My heavens. She had 21 points and 17 boards. That's a big-time double-double uh, in their 87-66 win over Utah State yesterday. Is this the best performance to date this year by a BYU hoopster? And I'm not, I'm talking We're talking men's both, and women's. Men's and women's. Yeah. Look, the, the performances that really stand out to me, it's this performance from Lauren la, uh, last night against Utah State. It's Shaylee Gonzalez in the opener against LSU when she scored 30 in her first game back. And then Alex Barcelo, pick a game that Alex Barcelo has played. I, I, I think right now I, I may actually go with Shaylee with the 30 only because she, it was her first game back after the ACL, after not playing an entire season, and comes out in the very first game and gets 30. So I think I'm going to give it to Shaley. I'm going to agree with you on that one, and here's why. I think it's the most efficient game a BYU Hoopster has had, men's or women's, in that game, the LSU game. She was 10 of 14 from the field. Are you kidding me <laughs> yeah. right now? 10 of 14 in her first game back against a quality opponent and a win. I, I'm, I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to say Shaley 
would be the one to compare. I, although, I'm having a hard time discounting that Lauren went 21 and 17. 21 and That's, 17. The, the, you, you think about a lot of double doubles. You barely get to that second double. Of course, unless Kyle Collinsworth is around. And then, it's, then it's the triple double. Then it's the triple double. But 21 and 17. 17 is a massive effort on the boards. And how about this women's basketball team with Gonzalez out on that guard line? You've got an outside presence and somebody that can just break a defense down at will. And now you've got inside presence. And if they can, if they can really come together and Hampson start playing great, this this is a team that can do some big things this year. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff Judkins is extremely high on this team this year. One of the deepest teams he says he thinks he's had in a really, really long time, and they can play multiple ways. And that's actually very similar to what the BYU the men's, men's basketball and the women's team. both they, they can both play can a lot of different styles. Mismatches yes. with size, they've got speed. Hey, both teams loaded this year. This is going to be a really fun basketball season. It certainly so. will. Well, coming up, Top 5 Tuesday features the best catches of the Bolitnikoff semifinalist, Dax Mill. And what's the national media seeing that we may be missing with BYU football? This is BYU Sports Nation. The Miracle Bowl. 46, throwing for the end zone. Receivers are there, defenders are there. Back to Harleen. He'll roll right, lets it go, finds his guy, touchdown! And Stanette to Young. Young touches the ball, they might, Relive the greatest plays in BYU football history. Join us on December 12th for BYU football top 100 plays on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, we were going to review Coastal Carolina tonight. And you want forward. to, though, really? Yeah, we need to. <laughs> it's, it's, let, let's just think of it as therapy tonight. There we go. Right? That's good. And then we will turn the page, and we'll look to San Diego State. So watch Dave and David. That's how we do it now. We call Dave McCann Dave. We call David Nixon David. I just call him Nix. But anyhow, and I'll be there, of course. We'll break down the film. The it's, it's It's available um, tonight. On the BOE TV app at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Then, of course, you can watch it live on Saturday morning. So, yeah, join, join Dave, David, and me. Tonight. That's right. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. So, the national media, after BYU's loss to Coastal Carolina, quite honestly, has been very positive. And that has actually been very therapeutic to be able to watch it because immediately you just assumed that, well, BYU lost. Now everybody's going to trash the Cougars. That has not been the case. The national media is, is seeing the loss to Coastal Carolina and actually praising BYU. Yeah, obviously they expected BYU to win too, but praising them for taking the game on short notice and doing something that most teams just would not do. So in, so, in fact, this is just one example. This is Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. He says, quote, It was a brilliant play by Athletic Director Tom Holmo going to Coastal Carolina for the Cougars' best shot at a New Year's Six Bowl. BYU is out of the running, but the publicity this season will pay off down the road. Coach Kalani Satake has turned the program around. BYU's age of independence is starting to pay off. And so, I, like I said, I think most everybody just assumed the national media would pile on, but that hasn't been the case. They are really looking at this as a, as a very positive step for BYU despite losing the game. I think it has a positive impact because of the exposure. And, hey, BYU was getting a ton of love out there. And 
I started to see the stuff, you know, kind of their returns coming in as I was watching the national shows and reading the articles and getting on Twitter. And almost to a person, all the national um, writers and, and uh, hosts were going, unbelievable football game. What a great football game. And we're watching it with bias because we're rooting for BYU, right? right? And so we're going, wait, BYU's not playing up to the potential. They're better than this. They don't drop balls. They make better decisions. They tackle better than this. They look like they're not prepared. That was our perspective, right? Other people are watching this game, and if you take an objective view and you've never seen these two teams, you're going, this game is unbelievably physical. This game is well played. This game just came down to the last play of the game. These are two ranked teams who weren't so puffed up with themselves like the P5s are. Can you imagine a P5 doing this? No, because it wouldn't happen. They would never do it, and that was the point. They're all going, who does this? They're both nationally ranked. They put that national ranking on the line. They go out and they play a phenomenal football game that had me watching till the last play of the game. This is what college football is all about. So if you don't have a rooting interest in it, you think that that was a great right. football game, and you have tremendous respect for BYU for being willing to go on the road and go play a nationally ranked team and put your reputation on the line. Frankly, I think it was, hey, BYU's putting, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. They're going to play this thing. I think the other side of this, and we were talking in the last uh, segment about where we expected BYU to, to show up in the college football playoff rankings tonight. I think we're also going to get a pretty good idea from a national perspective, um, how BYU is viewed based off of where they land in these rankings. Because, look, if, if BYU doesn't fall as far, maybe the committee was willing to give them more of, of a boost than we thought. Yeah. You know, and, and the other part of it is where does Coastal Carolina come in? Like I said, I think they, they, they swap. But let's say Coastal Carolina moves up even more than we think. I think you're giving credit to BYU for being the opponent that they were. So, look, I, I know there's probably going to be a lot of people who are probably going to tune it out tonight. They're not going to want to see and be reminded of what could have been with BYU because, as we all know, it stinks that BYU lost. And that opportunity for the New Year's Six has now gone by the wayside. But I, I, there's a lot to pay attention to tonight when these rankings come out. It really is going to tell us a lot on how BYU ultimately has been viewed. And, and here's, here's the issue I have with all of that. I've lost respect for the college football playoff committee based on what they've done up to this point. And, and I, you, know, you look at the makeup of that committee. Who do I trust more? Do I trust um, those 13 people in that room or do I trust – 60-plus people right. whose job it is to follow college sports and watch every game and do it? Or do I trust the folks at ESPN whose job is to study every single solitary week, every game, and watch every piece of game film and break these teams down? Do I trust Urban Meyer's opinion, or do I trust the the, the guys in that room, the, the folks in that room? And and unfortunately, I trust those others more. Now, the problem is that the, the CFP ranking is the be-all, end-all. It's 13, it's 13 people we, we, who make a decision. We, we've given that group way too much power, and it's the P5s that have that power. I'm a little bit disgusted with all of that. So, so I'll watch tonight, um, but in, in the back of my mind, I trust those others more than I trust these folks. And let's see if all that everyone has been saying on a national basis has any impact. And if now that BYU's not a risk, really, to take a New Year's Six Bowl if they'll give them the proper credit. Interestingly enough, I watched uh, college football final that night, and, and that group was saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Why is Cincinnati up at number seven, 
They haven't beaten a ranked opponent, and Coastal Carolina now has beaten two. Right. And in their league championship game, we'll have a third opportunity. If Coastal Carolina has three wins against ranked teams and Cincinnati has zero, why is Cincinnati getting so much love and Coastal Carolina is not right up there in the top? And ten? by the way, Cincinnati is not playing their game against Tulsa. That has been put uh, on hold. Well, it's and not that, on hold. It's that been was, canceled. That was their one ranked opportunity. Th- they're going to face each other in the, the American right. Right. championship game. So that's another opportunity that Cincinnati would have had to play somebody that's now not going to happen. And I believe that it's because of COVID issues with the Bearcats. So that game's not even going to happen anymore. All right, coming up. A Cougar looking really good in the NBA. In fact, two of them looking really good. But next, it's a Top 5 Tuesday, Dax Milne edition. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show, please. Yeah, absolutely. It's time for our Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Today we look at the top five plays from the man you heard from earlier in the show. He's also named a semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award, and he surpassed 1,000 yards receiving on the season. Bring on Dax Milne. Let's start with play number five. Dax Milne's third touchdown versus Houston to start off. This is going to start us off. It's the play that finished off the Red Cougars in Houston. It also completed the hat trick on the night for Dax, his third touchdown. This put the Cougars up two scores with just over three minutes to go. That put this game out of reach and put a punctuation mark on a massive night for Dax Mill. Big-time comeback win for the Cougars in that game. Number four, Dax's 41-yard touchdown versus the Chanticleers. This happened, obviously, Saturday. Dax takes what should have been a 20-yard completion and makes it a 41-yard touchdown. The Chanticleers thought Dax would go out of bounds with a push, but we know that wasn't going to happen. He was not going to be denied the end zone. Look, it takes a lot more than that to push a Bolitnikov semifinalist out of bounds as Dax tiptoes his way in for six. At number three, this is Dax's 70-yard touchdown reception against Troy. It's his first touchdown of the season. It goes for 70 yards against the Trojans. Troy was too busy thinking about Gabriella. Dax was running laps around him, putting up 140 yards on the night. After this game is when Dax really burst onto the scene. He crossed the century mark three of the next four weeks and five times this season, 100-plus. Number two, how about Dax's catch on the ground versus Boise State? What can't this guy do? Let's be honest. Dax doesn't care if he's on the ground. He's going to catch anything on the sideline. On the ground, Dax still manages to bring this one in for a 38-yard completion that started a second-half avalanche for the BYU offense as they roll on the Smurf turf. And our number one, Dax's 78-yard touchdown versus Houston. Milne wasted no time getting his career night started, taking the first play for the BYU offense, 78 yards to the house. All Zach Wilson had to do was just throw it up he knew that Dax would come down with a jump ball. There wasn't anyone stopping him this night. Not only did he land our top play, he also set career highs in receptions, yards, touchdowns. What a play 
And what a season so far. And I say so far because more to come for more to Dax come. Milne. That's absolutely right. His season is not over, nor for the BYU Cougars, obviously hosting San Diego State this weekend. They'll be in a bowl game. Whether or not they play a game between the Aztecs and the bowl game on the 19th remains to be seen. Our question of the day, under the same circumstances for BYU, and by circumstances we mean not knowing the outcome, but with the same circumstances heading into the game, would you take the Coastal Carolina game again and why? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. This comes from at the underscore blue underscore Coog. It says, yes, we saw the reactions of the national media to how it was the game of the year. This game would receive national attention and provide BYU with the opportunity to show that they are the better team. I, I, I don't disagree with anything. Um, I, I think that the media, the national reaction for this game would be over the top. They, everybody would love, to your point, everyone's talking about how great of an opportunity it was and a great game. If, to get round two of it, absolutely people would take that. Yeah. And you know what? All the real football people, I mentioned Urban Meyer, who I you know, didn't like him when he was a coach at Utah, but I have tremendous respect. I was going to say, now that we... One, one now, of the greatest coaches in the history yeah. of the game, right? Guys like that that are watching, they recognize that BYU took a bigger risk than Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina playing at home. BYU's offense and BYU's defense are similar to a number of teams that they played on their schedule. So they just pulled that playbook out and said, hey, these guys are just like. Unfortunately for BYU, you had to get on a plane and travel 2,300 miles. This offense that Coastal Carolina runs is not like anything they have seen ever. Really, it's not that similar to Navy's other than its options. So a big disadvantage for BYU. I thought they accounted themselves well. One play from winning. And I, I, I really believe that BYU would win more than not if they just played over and over again. 100%. Today's Rising Shout Out presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. We're going to go with a couple of former uh, Cougar hoopsters now in the NBA. Blaine, you take it first. My shout out goes to Jake Toulson, who signs a uh, training camp contract with the Utah Jazz. Way to go, Look Jake. In I, the love jazz uniform. I love I love him. that. I think he'd be great for them. There's some guaranteed money in this mm-hmm. contract. Gives them an opportunity to make the team. Congratulations and a shout-out to my guy, Jake Toulson. All right. You see uh, Jake wearing number 22. How about Yoli Childs also wearing number 22 with the Washington Wizards, both in their NBA uniforms, hoping for big things for both of those guys in the NBA. All right. Thanks to today's guest, Dax Milne. Hey, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag, hashtag BYUSN. Absolutely. Always available. Make sure you're chiming in on the social media platforms. For Blaine, I'm Jason. Shout out to James Dye. Remember how good James Dye was? Oh, baby. James Dye. Man, he was dangerous. You punt, you die. That's right. Absolutely. By Ron, Ron McBride said that. All right. We'll, uh, we'll see you tonight. AFR 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app with Dave, David, and Blaine. Go Cougs!